Hi everybody and welcome to the video and live streaming show. My name's John Lacey and as always I'm joined by Sam Proof. Today on the show we're talking all about OBS Studio and uh, OBS Studio sources specifically which are kind of the, the building blocks of your live stream. Uh, but we are going out to live to all the places so if you are watching live let us know in the chat where you're watching from and use the hashtag uh, hashtag team live or if you're watching this later on you can use uh, team replay yep. but Sam how, how are you going how's your week been uh good I don't know it's been it's been so busy <laughs> like I literally I usually get here and I'm like yeah I had time to have a coffee I eat a lot I was slamming down my lunch because I was so busy today especially I had a interview this morning with the guys over at IFTTT which you can see on their YouTube channel um, where we talked about being a content creator and automations and things like that. And we've got the new foster cat and kittens, and I'm actively working with every ounce of my being to get ready for our Super Bowl, which is happening February 11th at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time uh, over on the Cute Avalanche Twitch and YouTube and everywhere. Um, so there's a lot, lot going on. <laughs> How's things with you? Uh, a lot going on with for me as well. Um, I, as some of the viewers of the show will know, I ordered a brand new computer last year, um, and it sort of arrived. And then I was waiting for the correct power cable. Um, that eventually came, and I've just been. I, it, in some ways, it's really exciting to have a new computer and sort of start from scratch. But in other ways, you forget about the millions of settings and applications oh and software and things yep. that you need to set up. So, even just the ability to um, you know, I had to wait for some uh, some DisplayPort to HDMI adapters and things like that before I could really use all of the things that are out and about at the moment. So it's been really hectic, and it is actually my birthday tomorrow, so I'm feeling particularly yeah. old. Happy um, birthday! I mean, nothing. Go... Every uh, happy next day that happens. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I am doing a special stream over on the the Learn Live Streaming um, channel tomorrow, actually about LinkedIn accessibility, which I know is not cool. the sexiest topic in the world, but it's something that's close to my heart. So uh, if you want to hang out with me tomorrow, you can certainly check that out. <clears throat> Hello to the facilitator um, from Germany, or as you know, you and I probably know him Saeed. as Saeed. So thank you so much for joining us. I know um, Saeed actually did his own stream um, a few hours ago on OBS and some fun things, which I haven't had a chance to watch the replay of just yet but i am really yep. keen to check that one out cool okay so let's uh let's get stuck in so uh we're talking all about obs studio today and i've got to get rid of that overlay as well one second okay so we're talking about obs studio today i guess before we get started it's probably worth unpacking and i'm just gonna press a couple of buttons and hope that this works Essentially, this is what OBS Studio looks like. And I know some of you are probably looking at this, this big black box thinking this is scary and complicated. And we, we try to remind you that it really isn't. We're happy to take you through some of these things. But yeah. what I particularly want to draw your attention to is down the bottom, we've got these sections called scenes and sources. So a scene is a collection of sources. And we're going to be talking about the sources themselves specifically today. And when you click the plus sign, you've got all kinds of options here. And we've kind of, it is certainly possible to extend the functionality with plugins and add-ons and all kinds of fun things. But today we really want to focus on these, these sort of default ones that come preloaded. So we're going to do that today. Um, so uh, let's, let's get into it, Sam. Let's start yeah. talking about the capture ones in particular, because 
Um, I, I guess the first thing you probably want to see on your stream is actually your, your video camera. So talk to us about the things that we need to keep in mind when working with a video capture device. <clears throat> yeah, so, you know, we're going to keep it to the, to the absolute basics that you need to just get going. And obviously, you're going to need sound and you're going to need video. Uh, so you can use any USB device that plugs into your computer. If you have a laptop with a built-in camera, you can use that. You can get fancy, but we're going to keep it keep it on the easy side. You could do stuff where you use like a mobile uh, to come in or use something more complicated like a DSLR to bring it in. But the easiest way to get yourself on screen through a video capture device is just to plug in a USB camera or use the built-in one. You're going to go down into the sources find that video capture device and it should show whatever devices you have in the drop down menu and you'll select it and uh, and install that into your scene. Absolutely. And I guess um you know talking about getting started simply the USB web camera is the way to go and we will talk about audio in a little bit more detail in the next segment but um you do kind of have an option when you're adding your d display, uh, your video display capture, um, your yeah. video capture device, I should say. Um, and essentially that is to use the, the audio that's built into your device if, yeah. if you have any. But generally speaking, we probably don't want to do that because if it's built into a web webcam, it's going to be some distance away from you. It's not yeah. going to capture the audio particularly well. So you can actually go in and nominate a different audio input device at that point in time. Yeah. And this is, and I, I kind of worry a little bit that this is kind of the point at which the, uh, the true nuance of OBS Studio comes in because you have an option and you've got to choose uh, whether you actually connect the audio directly to your video or if you have them as separate sources. And yeah. For me, um, like I, I do have them as separate sources because I use uh, some other plugins for audio, which we won't get into today. But essentially, I've just got to make sure that every single scene where I want to use the audio and the, the camera, that I've got to make sure that they're, mm -hmm. they're present there. So, all yes. right, I'm gonna. Yeah, that is uh, that is a big new like new to obs mistake that happens is you get excited you're like oh i can make all these scenes and you make an intro scene and a uh interview scene and a game screen scene and a one on you know just a solo and a goodbye scene and then you forget to add the microphone source to three of those and as you're flipping mm -hmm. through your audience is like you're muted Yes. So yeah, and I mean, it's, definitely it's look so for useful because I, I literally did that last week. Um, <laughs> I just went live for the hell of it just to see how things were going. And I've got to add the mic to one of the scenes. So fortunately, somebody in the comments let me know that. And it's easy enough to, to fix. Um, okay. A good. Uh, just going to check in with the chat for a second. So uh, Walter Strong <coughs> III is saying good evening to us both. And we will be on his show next week uh, talking about OBS in more detail as well. Um, Saeed is written, um, as a window user, I recently learned that Mac users might have some extra steps like allowing screen capture and access to mic and cam in the OS settings to get it to work for privacy yeah. and security. This is true. And I've even, I've, these are sort of system level, uh, permissions that you need to give on, on a Mac device. And it actually can affect all kinds yeah. of, um, software, not just, just OBS. Yeah. We, we should have said that uh, OBS is available for Mac and Windows and uh, Linux. And, you know, like you can run it on pretty much any uh, computer. I've even seen people do Raspberry Pi builds. Absolutely. Okay, cool. So 
I guess the other portion of, of sort of capturing different devices is the ability to share your screen. Um, and we sort of have a few different ways of doing this. We've got three different things. We've got the display capture, which will basically share everything that's on a given display or monitor. Yes. So you're working with an entire screen. You've got the window capture, which gives you the ability to just share that particular um, you know, that particular window on your computer. In some ways, that can be really useful, but if you forget for a moment that you're only sharing one particular screen right. and then you go to show somebody something else, <clears throat> that can be a problem too. There is also a game capture option, and it's funny, um, a lot of people know OBS as sort of the game streaming software. Because that's not my particular interest, I've never ever used that source, and I really couldn't tell you what to even do with it. I'm not really sure philosophically what, what the difference is between it and some of the other options, but do you do you have an experience I, with that, Sam? You know, I, def I checked, and I definitely have a game capture in my uh, setup, but it is like a very simple game, and I'm really not sure what it's doing beyond just being a, a very specific display capture. Um, so yeah, I, I couldn't tell you what the the big deal about that is. I, I have to imagine it does some kind of resolution based thing because uh, games tend to be you know a lot fancier than you know just a regular old monitor. Um, but yeah, when you're when you're making a choice between display capture and window capture, there are pros and cons to both. Just keep in mind with display capture, everything on that monitor will be seen if you're not careful if you don't have if you have something up that you don't want seen like emails or whatever or worse you know that's it's going to go out there so be careful with that and conversely with uh the window capture if what you're doing if you're doing like a walkthrough on some kind of software if it has pop out windows those people won't see those because you're doing it as that specific uh window capture and it's funny i i see a lot of OBS plugin tutorials and invariably they're sharing the screen but at some point Windows 11 does this um, administration screen which cannot be captured at all so you just you get a whole lot of nothing and they just mention that that's what's happening which I think is is, is fine it's, it's sort of that's fair good. enough yeah. um, and a big hello to Chocolate Quilts who will be back to watch the replay apparently so that's awesome um, Saeed I, we're going to talk about this more in the next segment but I am curious to hear more about your perspective on this so I do um, this Saeed writes I also like to have audio as scenes yeah, I think okay. we're we're trying to keep things uh, on the easy side, but I also yes. use a lot of nested scenes, especially for audio and cameras, specifically so that I don't have uh, that one scene that I've forgotten to add stuff to. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and um, again, Saeed is writing. Um, I what I like about screen capture in OBS is that I can crop the taskbar and the top yes. part of Chrome, for example. Yes, so that's. Yes. That's a great thing. And you can certainly go in and you can resize the portion that you're sharing. You can make mm -hmm. it larger. Obviously, at some point, if you make it too large, it'll, it'll be pretty pixelated. So keep that in mind. But certainly, um, somebody actually on the channel asked me a few weeks ago, like they, they were sharing Excel things via Zoom meetings. And mm -hmm. they were asking for some tips on that front. And I'm like, just make it really, really obvious what you're trying to show people. And zoom into excel make the formula bar text really large um you know just just you know make it really obvious uh what you're doing and, and don't don't be too subtle because i think yeah we're all pretty time poor we uh we get distracted easily so get get to the point yeah <laughs> 
So again, um, I might, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and do a few things at once. So just bear with me for a second. Um, if I press this button over here and I go back to OBS, um, and I'll press this one over here. So this is an example of, of some screen capture. Obviously, I've got a second version of OBS running here as a portable uh, version. So this is the ability for me to actually come in and sort of show you that this is how we go into um, add the sources. So again, the ones that we've sort of spoken about already are the video capture device, which is your webcam or your, you know, if you've got a, a DLSR or, you know, something similar via a cam link or some sort of capture device, that's the way you add that one. Um, but we do also have the ability to do the display capture. And again, that's the whole screen. Um, again, you can crop into particular parts of that screen, but it, essentially it'll show you everything. We've got the game capture, which again, I have basically no experience with, but if you've ever used it, let us know in the, in the comments. Um, and you also have the window capture. So in some ways, depending on what you want to share, um, different options here will, will be more meaningful than others, but just certainly keep those in mind. Okay. All right, so um, I, I guess let's maybe just talk in, in general about, um, and somebody in the chat's written, I'd like to see John Stream play um, Grand Theft Auto once um <laughs> once it releases okay um i'm i'm not i'm not much of a gamer and in a lot of ways i'm a very retro gamer on the odd occasion i do like i'm doing i i they're not even modern computers they're like emulators of yeah. 64s and sega um systems and stuff so it's probably not on the cards but you know we, we live in hope um so again i i just want to pick up on some of those threads that sam mentioned because i think in some ways People have a lot of anxieties when they start streaming, and I think you do really need to be quite mindful when you are sharing a screen that you don't inadvertently share something you didn't want to share. So, yeah. uh, you know, you don't want... It. And especially, even if you're not streaming, if you're just sharing in a meeting um, and you just happen to have a chat message open in the wrong place at the wrong time yep. and the entire <coughs> meeting sees that, that can be a problem. So right. I guess my first piece of advice is have more than one screen. And oh, think yeah. about the where, where you put those things. And I, I have one screen, which is actually currently in a vertical position, although I can change that on the monitor arms. And that's just the screen I know I never share. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a good idea to start. And if I you don't have that, now. make sure to turn off notifications before you uh, start streaming. Yes, yes, that's a good idea as well. Um, and say to saying, I, I always tell people, if you don't know where to start with OBS, just add your camera, yep. crop and enhance a little bit. Perfect for use in Zoom, etc. Yep. Yeah. And we've, we've kind of done um, entire shows on just the virtual camera. And again, it's not really the focus of today's show, but I just want to mention it because it is a really cool feature. And basically, you can sort of arrange how you look in, in the camera scene. You can add different things. Um, I've got this button, which is new. I don't know if you'll even notice what that just did, but I'll press it again. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, again, for me in particular, like I'm in front of a green screen 24-7. There's nothing interesting behind me. So this kind of helps me arrange how I look when I'm in meetings, whether it's on Zoom or Microsoft Teams or Google Meet or just about anything. Um, and that in itself is really good, but you also have the ability to add calls to action, 
images, QR codes, uh, text on the screen as well. And that basically works in almost any piece of software that supports the use of a web camera. Okay, so we're going to come back and talk about audio in just a moment, but you're watching the video and live streaming show, and we're talking OBS Studio sources. We are constantly training our cats every interaction that we have with them. Mm -hmm. So when Johan would get on my counter before, you know, this is 10 years ago before I was the cat expert that I am now, Johan would jump on the counter. What was the first thing I did? I'd say his name, Johan. He loves that. That's a reward <laughs> for him. He mm -hmm. said, you, you just said my name. I would go over to him and I talk to him and be like, you can't be on the counter. Johan loves when I talk to him. Ding. That's another reward for Johan. I'd pick him up and put him on the ground, mm -hmm. but I didn't want him to think I was mad at him. So when I'd pick him up, I'd pick him up very nicely and kiss him on the head and say, I love you, but you can't be here. I put him on the ground. I had just done three things that rewarded him for being on the counter. So I was encouraging him to continue doing that. And that's a segment from Sam's podcast, Just Kidding Around, which you can learn more about over at cuteavalanche.com. And I know that you've got a new uh, litter of kittens, so I'm sure there's all kinds of fun, exciting things happening over there as well. Yeah, they, they just opened their eyes recently, so they're going to start getting active in the next week or two, which hopefully uh, they'll be really active in time for our big Super Bowl event, which is February 11th at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I just made that banner. <laughs> so please, yeah, go to SuperBowl.com and, and check that out. And uh, we'll promote that more in the next, <laughs> in the coming shows. Okay, awesome. I'll like, switch the promos. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Um, and it's it's funny. Um, and I don't think I'll, I'm, I'm just distracted by the, the comments, which is kind of the yeah. story of my life. But um, say he's just saying, replacing your green screen with a green background. That's my kind of humor, John. Um, I... I it, every now and then I will have something I want to show on screen that happens to be green and that's kind of its own problem and um, we do use StreamYard um, for a lot of the things that we do and their marketing department sent me some lovely um, duck plush toys um, but, but they do have a green face so I'm not really sure how that's going to go but Let's not dwell on that too much today. This is the video and live streaming show. I'm John Lacey and I'm joined as always by Sam Proof. Today on the show, we're really uh, talking about OBS sources. So these are the individual building blocks of your scenes and those scenes ultimately make up what you do on live, whether you're doing it live as a live stream, whether you're recording locally or whether you're using that virtual camera option as well. So that's another thing that you can keep in mind. But let's talk about audio because audio is really important and we kind of alluded to the fact that if you don't, in, like you really need every source that you want to use on a given scene within that scene and if you don't, then you're going to run into problems. So we definitely want to see um, your microphone or your audio input device in there somewhere. So again, um, I'm... I, yeah, okay. I'm going to try and do this. Um, Sam, if you want to press the the um, zoom in button for a second on the software over there. Essentially over here, we've got some audio options. So we've got the audio... Um, Wait, the application <laughs> audio capture, which is kind of a new thing. Um, I'll talk about that in a second. We've got the audio input capture. So any kind of microphone, whether it's USB or if it's coming through a... Um, audio system um i use the, the broadcaster pro for most of my stuff and we've also got the audio output so things that are coming out of um other devices 
the audio application uh, capture, it is still technically um, in, in beta, which you can see there on the screen. Um, it's, it can be quite useful, and I certainly haven't had too many problems with it. Um, but like if I'm I occasionally, and I'm not a great musician, I have to include that disclaimer, but occasionally I, will, I do have a MIDI keyboard here and I will share the virtual instrument software via uh, OBS. And that's a combination of the, the display capture um, and also the, uh, well, probably the window capture really, and also the audio um, from the app itself. So we can do that as well. I guess the other thing too, and I don't know if we've done it on this show, but and we'll probably we'll need to do it at some point. Is it just a deeper dive into audio specifically? Mm -hmm. um, but the other thing, and I kind of I actually forgot this was how this worked until quite recently. But essentially, um, down when when you start in OBS, you'll actually get these default options. So you get desktop audio and mic or auxiliary audio. And in some ways, that's wonderful. But the, the minute you create a new scene collection, um, and I'll just call this demo, uh, those things actually disappear and you start from scratch. And in some ways, I kind of prefer to start from scratch because in some ways, this can be a bit of a trap for people if this is always on. And especially with the desktop audio, um, just the ability, you know, if you happen to have... Um, Instagram running in the background, just streaming vertically to Instagram via OBS, and you forget to mute that, that's going to be a world of pain for a lot of people. Yeah. So I think that's really, really important to keep in mind, um, no matter how you sort of want to do that. The other thing, and this is just a general tip, regardless of the software you're using, please wear headphones. I know people sometimes think they're they're uh, a fashion crime to wear headphones and you can certainly get in-ear things that are more subtle than the cans that Sam and I are wearing. But the danger of not wearing headphones is that if you've got a speaker and it's in any proximity to the microphone itself, it can create an audio feedback loop. And if yeah. you've ever experienced that, that's the most painful thing in the world. So don't oh, yeah. subject your audience to that. <clears throat> I think we've all been there. I know you're not a huge audio guy, Sam, but is, do you have any tips or ways that we should think about using audio within OBS? Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about nested scenes later, and, and Syed already kind of said this, but, you know, I, I do like to keep all of those things in their own scene and then create, like, a master overlay scene that I'm using for all of that. Um, the, the desktop audio, uh, that whole thing was kind of created a long time ago, like that you know, input, and they've more recently in the past year created an application audio capture, which will let you capture audio from one specific piece of software. So it's not just every single thing that your desktop's doing, but it is, you know, a more intentional one. So I would almost automatically <laughs> say delete the desktop audio. And if you want uh, audio from any kind of application, get it specifically that way. Um, you can also, if you want to get fancy, look at uh, voice mod, which does a bunch of sort of funny effects, but also acts as a virtual mixer, which will let you do some more complicated things that are even beyond me, really. I haven't sat down with it. Um, so, yeah, if you are specifically looking to do some fancy audio things, those are a couple of things to keep in mind. Absolutely. Um, and again, um, I might just, uh, I'm going to do this really, really briefly um because the, again this is just an example um once you do add your audio sources in here they will come over to the audio mixer and 
Um, there is the ability to have this in a vertical layout, which was yeah. something I didn't know until Sam actually told me about this, but um, it, that's pretty nifty. Um, I can even sort of drag this up and make it bigger if I want to do that. Um, but the great thing about this is from here, you can sort of come in here and go to your advanced audio properties. And this is where it gets a little bit trickier. And again, I think our general advice about OBS, and I've, I've been using this terribly mixed metaphor recently that it's both a pocket knife and a rocket ship. So it's both um, incredibly powerful, but also incredibly useful. And I think it's important that you take a step back and think about what your goals are and what you're hoping to get out of this before you get a little bit too carried away. And I, I'm going to be honest with you, I got very carried away this week. Um, I was installing all the new things on the fancy computer. And there was a moment earlier today when I wasn't sure how well this would come together. So essentially here we will have all the audio. Um, I, and I believe this is for an individual scene specifically. So if I added other audio devices, I would see them here. We've got a volume, which you can describe as a percentage or as uh, decibels. And again, I'm a bit of an audio guy. I much prefer to work in decibels. Um, I know, I understand in Streamlabs desktop, they don't give you that decibel option. And it was really hard for me to try and do the, the math to figure out what the, that calculation would be. Right. Yeah. We've got the ability to force a stereo input to mono if that mm -hmm. is important to you. And sometimes that can be, um, you know, if you've, you've got a particular audio input device that's capturing two inputs and just um, by default, it might mix one left and one right. Um, you don't really want to subject people to that in case they have any kind of audio issues, but you can certainly change the, the balance from left to right if you do want to get a little bit more modular. The audio monitoring is really, really important. So from here, you've got the ability to turn the, the, the monitor off which will mean um, the people on your stream will hear it, but you won't. You've got the monitor only, which means only you will hear it. And especially if you've got a chat widget that pings you every time there's a new chat message, don't leave that on for your audience because it's basic. It's it's almost like water torture. There's the repetition <laughs> of the ding, ding, ding. Um, and I know, yeah, it's, some people use that and it's, it's really annoying. But finally, we have the monitor and output option as well. So that's yep. you hear it and your audience hears that. So again, depending on what the source is, you want to keep that in mind. You do also have the ability to send these to different tracks. This is a much more advanced feature and I would probably encourage most people to not even worry about it. Just leave them on all six tracks. If you did at some point wanted to get a little bit more uh, elaborate with that, you could certainly come in and uh, basically once it renders, you can go into your video software, you can grab the audio from one track and, and do different things like that. So there's a lot you can potentially do with that. Just, uh, just a again, we're trying to walk that line of not scaring the newbies too much. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just want to point out when uh, you go into the audio and you click on the three dots, if you have audio, if you have a bunch of devices plugged in and they have audio that you're not using, you can actually hide those tracks from your audio mixer so you don't even see them. Yes, that's a good tip. Okay, awesome. So this is the video and live streaming show. Um, I'm, again, I've got the, uh, the new fancy computer, so I'm playing around with a lot of things right now. So I hope it's not too distracting for you, but... Um, Team Live and Team Late in Somnia Doodles is here. <laughs> we, we do appreciate it when she's Welcome. here. It's great to see her. Um, and again, uh, I've got my new shiny, exciting computer. But today we're talking about OBS sources and how you can use those in your live streams or your recordings or even the virtual camera. So 
We're going to come back and talk a little bit about images in just a moment. But first, I'm going to click one of these buttons. Which one should it be? This one here, maybe. And then I looked at the first assessment and the first assessment was record a five minute video and it was a pretty simple introduction of yourself. There was nothing exciting. I didn't have to research. It was just a five minute warm up and I freaked out. That course is still sitting in the cupboard beside me. I see that stack of papers and I almost rock in the corner. It cost me a lot of money to sign up and I, I threw the whole course away. And that's a segment from my podcast, Build a Presentation Muscle, which you can learn more about over at johnlacey.com. Uh, this is the video and live streaming show. Today we're talking all about OBS Studio sources and the different things that you can incorporate into your scenes um, just to make your life a little bit more, um, well, I was going to say easier. It depends on how elaborate or, or uh, simple you want to make this, but certainly the options that you have, and I think it's just worth uh, articulating what those are. And today we are really focusing very much on the default ones that come with OBS. Again, getting back to that rocket ship metaphor, uh, there's really no limit to what OBS can do. But again, you yeah. probably don't want to get too carried away as a beginner. But let's <laughs> talk about images, um, Sam. And we're going to talk about image slideshows in a second. I've got a video for everybody to watch. But before we get there, um, what can you? What can we do with images in, in OBS? Yeah, I mean, images are you know you could do pretty much anything you want like if you want to have a bug kind of like john has a little watermark down here you can put a transparent image in um you could bring uh a jpeg in if you want to like show people like hey this is a you know a picture of something that we're talking about a product that we want to demo in the future or whatever like there's endless amounts of things anything that you could possibly want for an image you can you can do um and then once it's in there you can show it, you can hide it, you can move it around um, and, you know, you can interact with it live if you really wanted to. There's other ways to do that that are probably better. And then, of course, you can do slideshows. Um, but you can uh, you can have any kind of combination of stuff. So it could be like frames or backgrounds like this. Uh, you could have a mortise, which is like, a, you know, kind of a, a frame kind of thing where you have like a see-through area. Um, and all of that. So yeah, like you can basically do a bunch of stuff. It acts very similar to um, how you would lay out things in Photoshop. You have a bunch of different layers. So you just have to make sure that the layer you want on top is, is the right one. Otherwise you might not see the things underneath it. Absolutely. Um, and that, that, that is probably worth, worth sort of articulating a little bit more. So yeah. um, oh, I, again, point I don't this out. have a lot of great... I do real, have a real lot of great quick. examples here, but I go on. Yeah, go yeah, on. Go. I was just going to say, and Saeed <laughs> pointed out something that I meant to bring up, which is that you can actually drag and drop your images right into OBS. It is going to default to being the top layer at that point. So you may need to move it around. You may need to shrink it. You may need to drop it down a few layers. But yes, that is, it is so easy to do that. Now image slides. And I must admit, um, say I had no idea that was a thing. So yeah. thank you for that that tip straight away. Um, yeah, thank you so much for that. But let's let's check this out. So again, um, because this is pretty much just the default um, installation, I haven't really done a lot with this at the moment. But 
if we go down to the sources, we can add things. We've got the image option here. So again, you can give this a name. Um, it's a good idea to have a meaningful name, but I don't even know what image I'm gonna share with you yet. So I'm just gonna click okay. From here, you can go off and find an image and you can do different things. So I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna drag this over on another screen just so I can find a random file because I'm not really that organized if I'm being honest, but um, let's just find an image. So let's, uh, I'm gonna do this one. Again, this is probably not quite there, but I'm gonna right click and go to transform and just go fit to screen. Um, another nice thing about this is if you do go in and add more images, um, if you do have an image file, uh, a file type that supports transparency, that will come in as well. So if I go and create a new one called overlay, and I will go and find something that I can bring in here. In fact, if I go to, where can I go? Something here. In fact, I'm going to, I'm just going to move this for a second. Um, essentially, the great thing about this is if you do have anything with transparency, that transparency will be respected. So um, I'm going to just really briefly do this off screen. Um, and I'm just going to find something that I can share with you. Um, so go into my new overlays, um, my logo only. Okay. And I'm going to go and transform this and just make it fit the screen. So again, if I come back here, um, now I've got this, this image overlay, and this is just my little logo in the corner here, um, which again, you can't really see because I'm blocking it. So let me just um, move that out of the way. Um, but essentially what you do here is this is the source layer that Sam was alluding to. So if I had my overlay underneath the image, you wouldn't see that at all because that first image doesn't have the transparency, but the one underneath it does. So you can either click up and down with those particular arrows, or you can sort of drag and drop these things into position to do that. So um, I guess in some ways, like when you start building out your scenes and they can be really elaborate and you can sort of export them in different ways to, um, to like you can export individual layers if you do respect that transparency and then you've, you can literally put yourself in between things. So especially if you're in a situation where you've got a green screen like I do, like I can have text sort of be behind me um, yeah. and you can see the, the top of it and all kinds of fun things like that. So there's a lot you can do with images, but um, I do want to talk about something that's, and I say talk about, this is something that I spoke about earlier and I'm going to play for you, but going to talk about um, image slideshows because I know it doesn't sound like the sexiest topic in the world, but they can be incredibly useful. And I just want to uh, play you a bit of a video to show you three different things that I've certainly done with them in the past. Okay. And as I look at this, I'm not actually seeing... There we go. There it is. Okay. Sorry about that. Here we go. So if we go down to add a new source in our sources doc and we go to image slideshow, we can actually create an image slideshow as the name suggests. What we're going to do, we're going to actually create three image slideshows on this particular slide. And we're going to have one that's a PowerPoint presentation, one that's an animated background, and one that's for promotional messages. So let's add the background slideshow here first. So give it a name, make sure it's a meaningful name, click okay. And we've got all our settings here. So I'll talk about some of these settings, but let's go and grab our images first. So if we go down to where it says image files, you see we've got the ability to add our files. 
And we can add individual files or we can add an entire directory. In this case, I'm going to add my files and I'm going to go to my backgrounds and I'm going to just select all of those and go open. Okay, so we've got our images here ready to go. Let's explore some of these other settings. So first of all, we've got the visibility settings. So we've got always play, even when not visible, stop when not visible, restart when visible, pause when not visible, and unpause when visible. For this particular example, um, let's actually just go stop when not visible. It's not particularly um, important where this starts or stops if we do change it. We do want to actually make sure we have this automatic slide mode on. So the two slide modes that we have here are automatic or manual. And for manual, you can actually use the hotkeys to control the slideshow. We've got a number of different uh, transition options here. So we can choose a cut, which will be quite dramatic. We can have things like swipe and slide as well. But I think for our backgrounds, because we want something that's kind of subtle, let's just go with fade. And we have our time between slides and our transition speeds. Both of these are described in milliseconds. And I think really, let's make this fairly long. And we'll even make our transition uh, speed a bit longer as well, uh, just to make this a little bit more subtle. So we've got the ability to loop, we can hide it when it's done, or we can randomize the playback. But I think those are fine for the moment. So we've got our background here. It's really important that we actually move it to the bottom of our stack here. So I can drag and drop that into position or I can use these up and down arrows to do that as well. If you do want to actually include a little bit more visual separation, we can actually come in here and create a color source. So if we go down to the add a new source, go to color source, and I will call this one tint. And here we can go into select color. And probably what I'd recommend here, because we do want to create a bit of visual separation, is to either have a white or a black. In this case, I'm going to go with black. But we want to um, introduce a little bit of transparency here as well. So if you see where we've got the alpha channel, at the moment it's set to 255, which means totally opaque. If we make this anything less than this, uh, it'll be transparent. If we go down to zero, it'll be completely transparent. I think what we might do, let's try 180 as our alpha channel and we'll go okay and we'll go okay. And you'll already see that this has sort of made this a little bit darker. Again, if we draw, uh, drag that sort of underneath um, the rest of the elements in our scene. And if I click the eye icon, you can see sort of the difference that's made. So if I put myself back on camera, you can see that there's a little bit more visual separation between me and the background now. And obviously you can tweak that however you like. But let's uh, go and actually add in um, our slideshow. So again, if you've got something like an actual PowerPoint presentation, you've saved that as images. We can certainly add that in here as well. Let's go down to add a new source, go to image slideshow. I'm just going to call this one PowerPoint slideshow and go okay. And again, we'll, we'll revisit these other settings in a moment, but let's go and find our files. I've exported these out of PowerPoint so I can add the whole directory. So we'll go to add directory and I just wanna go up a level and the one we want is called optimize your YouTube channel. Okay, so we've got this here. 
Because this is actually um, something that we want to work with. Um, we, we don't really want this one to, to uh, change automatically. But before we get there, let's actually just think about what kind of transition we'd like. So maybe slide or swipe. I think swipe is pretty good. In this case, because I might want to turn this off uh, for a moment uh, just to make a point, I'm actually going to pause it when not visible and then uh, unpause it when visible. But again, let's change that to manual. So with manual, we can actually go and change the slide we're on either via our mouse or via our keyboard shortcuts, which I'll show you in a second. Um, so from here, um, all those, those options look okay. I'm going to go... Uh, um, okay to just add that to here. Again, if I want to resize that, I can sort of grab the corners and I can sort of reposition that wherever I want it to be. And you'll see that while this PowerPoint um, slideshow is actually got focus, I can go um, to the next slide or I can go to the previous slide. And that's certainly one way that we can actually change this. But let me show you another one. So we can actually set up these keyboard shortcuts. So if we go up to the file menu and select our settings, and if we go to the hotkeys section, uh, the best way I found to actually filter for this, because this will give you every option in, uh, in OBS Studio, is actually to search for the word next. And again, we want to look for the, the keyboard shortcut associated with the PowerPoint slideshow. So if I click into this box, and I maybe press the uh, the right um, cursor key, I can do that one. And again, if I repeat that by filtering for previous, if I can type, uh, we can go here and maybe go left. And I can go OK. And now, even when that's not actually uh, got focus, I can sort of go right or left and go through my slides in that way. Okay, so finally, let's actually add some promotional messages at the bottom of our screen. Again, let's go in and grab our images for our image slideshow. So I'm going to add the image slideshow source there again. We'll call this one promotional slideshow and go okay. And again, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to add my files. And these are the ones in the banners section. So. The first thing you'll notice about this is I have four separate files and two of them are actually banners and two of them are completely transparent PNGs. This is so uh, I have a bit of separation between actually having messages on screen. I'm going to click OK and we can see that these um, this is sort of already taking up almost the entire screen. So if I right click on this one. It'll bring up a contextual menu. I go to transform and I'll go to fit to screen, which is control F. And again, I might want to actually just sort of drag this down. It is a little bit harder to actually make these changes when it is transparent. But again, I'm just going to take a guess at how large I want this to be and just drag those edges in. And another handy thing is if I want to make sure this is actually centered within the frame, I can right click and I can go to transform and I can go to center horizontally. So there I've got my elements. I might need to think about how I'm actually stacking some of these things, but essentially um, if I bring myself back in here, I can address the camera. I can talk about whatever I'm talking about. 
I can actually use my keyboard shortcuts to go between my slides and just address those as we go. Another really great thing to do though is to actually create some buttons on your Stream Deck to, to move uh, within your presentation. So again, um, I've kind of already done this, but let's redo it for the purposes of today's video. Uh, again, just open up the Stream Deck software. From the system options, we want to find hotkey. Drag it onto an empty spot within your timeline and give that one a title. I will call this one next. I will click into the hotkey section and I will uh, click the right arrow because that's the keyboard shortcut I gave it. And again, I can repeat that process for the previous key as well. So we might just abbreviate it to that. Click in here and press left. So now if I go back here, I can actually physically move to the next slide um, via my stream deck. So those are a few things, a few different ways that you can use the image slideshows. Okay, so those were at least three ways that you can use them. Yep. And again, funnily enough, um, Saeed's always on my wavelength and he wrote, yep. I, I find slideshows useful uh, to loop between multiple messages, including text, like fading between multiple messages, hashtags, slogans, etc. There was also a question, um, and I know the answer to this one, but somebody asked if you own a Stream Deck, and I know you do. <laughs> yes, yes I do. In fact, I have two, one for this computer and one for the cat cam. <laughs> And, but it's uh, not and enough. I'm, I need I'm more. always a little scared to to do this on stream because I'm there are so many cables on my desk. But I actually have the extra large, so I've got lots and lots of buttons. And because this is on a brand new computer, I don't I haven't even set up most of these yet. But I can have potentially multiple screens there as well. Yeah. But the Stream Deck is a really cool thing. We've done entire shows on it in the past. But yeah. Even if you're not going live, just the ability to have those keyboard shortcuts and not have to memorize them because I I think in some ways. Keyboard shortcuts yeah. can in increase your efficiency, but if you've got to remember 300 of them, it's not right. going to be a great experience. Yeah, the Stream Deck is awesome for things like Adobe Premiere, which does have like 300 hotkeys, but if you want to speed up your editing, you just have a visual guide right to your, you know, easy access. It's fantastic. Um, what I was going to add to uh, what John did with the image slideshow, which I love the hotkey one we used to do at Mob Crush on news thing. So we'd have slides and we would just hotkey through that using the Stream Deck. Um, unless things have changed or I'm just thinking of the video playlist, you have to make sure that your images are actually the same uh, size or like it, things will move around a little funky, uh, especially if you're going from like landscape to vertical. Um, so just, yeah, it's best to always kind of pre-format those. Okay, uh, awesome. So um, a big hello to Ender Trading, who's joining us from Ireland um, this week. You really travel quite a lot, which must be a lot of fun. But thank you for being here. We appreciate it. Today, we're talking all about OBS Studio and the different sources that we have available to us. We're going to... The last tab category is a little bit um, vague. It just says more, but we're going to get into some of the other ones that we haven't already covered. So we'll do that in just a moment. If you've been watching us for a while or this is your first time and you're thinking, Sam, John, this is great stuff, but I'm wearing a lot of hats already and I don't need to add this to my list of things that I'm doing, but I really want to live stream, I've got you covered. I've been a freelance technical director and stream operator for 20 years, and I can help you either with one-on-one -on -one counseling, setups of shows, or even run your whole show for you. Get in touch with me, samproof at gmail.com, or find out more at samproof.tv.
Absolutely. So if you want to get in touch with Sam, he can certainly help with those live stream production um, tasks. So Sam, like I said, this is a little bit um, generic, the last half of, of the segment, but let's talk yeah. about some of the other things. I guess, first of all, um, Sage alluded to it. You've mentioned it. Let's talk about nested scenes. And I must admit, there's something I used to use a lot and I haven't used in forever, but I think I'm probably going to revisit because there are some things that I want to do that will probably be best served in that way. But just can you explain to people what they are and why you might want to use them? Yeah, so nested scenes are literally a scene that you put into your other scene. So I have my master scene, and then within that scene, I'll have what I call the overlay scene, which has just everything that I want to appear in every possible scene. So I don't forget to add like a mic source to a specific scene. I just know if I have overlay there, that audio is in every single scene. I also, for, for what I do, have multiple cameras. So I have a single scene that is called uh, full cam. Uh, and I have every single camera listed in there, full size. Uh, and then I tr like switch between those cameras by calling in that scene. But that scene itself is nested in my main scene. That may not work for everyone. Sometimes you want multiple cameras on screen, so you may have to have a different scenario or part of that and part of something else. Um, if you have things like an image slideshow and you want to be able to pull that up from different you know, scenes within your collection, then it's worth putting in that sort of overlay scene that's nested everywhere else. Uh, there's several other uses to it. I, I think that's... That can be quite powerful, but again, yeah. I'd probably that's feeling a little bit more like a, an advanced feature. It definitely is. is. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it, it's up to you how you want to wrangle this, and I guess that's the thing with with great power and flexibility comes yeah. a lot of choices. So you've got to make right. that call about P what you part of it is. Yeah, part of it is an organizational thing where it's like I know all my cameras are here, all my audio sources are here, which you can also do by just grouping those in the scene that you're using. Uh, I personally find it like overwhelming to go into a scene and have like 52 sources in that scene. And trust me, I, I have that. Uh, so yeah, anything I can do to minimize the number of sources in a scene, especially if they're things I know I don't need to see. For a lot of game streamers who do uh, like Twitch you know, streaming, they use a lot of um, alert style overlays like you have an alert for donations and for uh fun things that your chat's doing and for follows on subscribers and depending on you know how many of these services you're using you may have 10 or more links that are different kinds of alerts so putting those into a nested scene where you just don't have to worry about it because they're there uh is great because it's not something that you're going to normally have to go in and like you know uh adjust or mess with Absolutely. Okay. Um, so, uh, you know, that, that can be incredibly powerful. Um, we might talk about text because that is definitely something you probably will want to incorporate onto the screen at one point in time or another. Um, and again, I'm going to press all the buttons and just hope for the best. Um, okay. And I've got to make sure I'm over here. There we go. All right. So this is back in OBS Studio. We've got the ability to add our sources. So we click on the plus sign here. If you can't, if you don't see this sources section, just go up to docs and just make sure that that's clicked on. But essentially we can come in and we can add the text uh, to our, our scene. 
It's worth noting that this works a little bit differently on a Mac. Um, yeah. So we actually have more options on a Windows computer in OBS than we do on the Mac. But essentially, I can go in here. I can give this um, a description. And I might just go video and live streaming show text. Um, we'll make it visible. Um, so I can go video and live streaming show. Okay, you can see that it's already uh, going off the edge of that. So we'll come back and fix that in a second. We can come in and we can pick different fonts. I don't know. I like my open sans. Um, probably want to make that a little bit smaller. Say maybe 180. We've got the ability to change the color um, and the opacity. So if you wanted to make that um, transparent, you could certainly do that. Um, but we can come in and change color to whatever we want. And again, these are all pretty standard um, web uh, development types of arrangements. So we've got hue, saturation, and value, or the red, green, blue, or just a straight up HTML um, hex color code. But of course, you can just pick something in here as well if you wanted to do that as well. We've got the ability to have a, a background color, the opacity, change the alignment, uh, change the, the vertical alignment here as well. Um, so there's a lot that you can potentially do with this. We've got text transform. So if I want to make this all uppercase or lowercase, um, I can do that as well. Um, and in some ways, uh, you know, once you've got this here, you can bring things together. And I, one thing I probably will mention just briefly, if we go back to this earlier scene, um, and I'll go in and add the text. Um, if I've already got this text somewhere else, I can just go add existing and select it from this list. And I guess that's, you know, that's kind of what Sam was uh, alluding to before. Um, the layering of this is potentially important as well. So we can certainly resize those things and move them around. But to get, a, if you wanted to select all of these, if all these things relate to each other, you can select them all, right click, go up to group selected items. You can give that a name as well if you wanted to, but then you can sort of toggle the visibility of that with the, uh, the IR icon as well. So. There's some really, really cool stuff that you can do on that front. Um, we kind of already alluded to the um, the color um, source option in the, the previous video, so we won't go back to that one. Um, obviously, media is something that you can incorporate to um, into OBS. And interestingly, Sam, I don't even know if you're aware of this, but um, I've just installed a new version of OBS 30.0.2, um, and we've got the ability to add the media source, but we don't have the the old VLC option, which let you huh. uh, sort of play um, playlists of, of media. So that's kind of really interesting. I didn't know that was a change that happened somewhere along the line, but obviously I don't use it very often. Interesting. Um, but maybe if you can talk to us about the, the media source generally. Um, <clears throat> well, now I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so much like you're, when you're adding an image or anything like that, you can bring in video as well. So you can bring in a media source uh, and open that, which will link to a local file. Uh, if you wanted to do something like bring in a, a YouTube video that you have already existing, I have a fix for that as well. Um, but once you've got your, your media source created and you've linked to that local file, you can actually have that loop uh and again similar to um the uh 
image source, you can have it so that when it's done playing, it shows nothing. It just goes blank and that's it. So it's like if you have an intro or something like I have for the Coffee Morning Show, it just plays the one time and then it just goes away uh, so that, you know, we're not just like stuck on a frozen image or it starts looping. Mm -hmm. So it goes away. Um, you can also interact with the speed of the uh, the video and uh, you can set up things if you really wanted to like pause and start it. But that that actually may have been a VLC uh, thing. So I'd have to see if that was there as well. Sure. And we might, uh, we'll probably produce some uh, more in-depth content about that later on. But we do have a few questions I want to make sure that we address. Um, first of all, um, there was one from Walter in here somewhere. Um, so when, uh, what, what are some key things you need to remember um, from uploading your first video to YouTube using OBS Studio? So again, um, you can record locally on your desktop computer and upload that to YouTube. The thing I would probably encourage people to keep in mind is that um, OBS isn't video editing software as such. So you'll be doing right. the entire thing live. And there's a really good chance that there'll just be a little bit at the beginning and the end of your presentation that you'll just want to cut off because it's, you know, just you waiting to get confirmation that you are indeed recording. So get rid of that. Think about um, including some tran um, some a transcript or some, some closed captions or open captions. Um, think about your video thumbnail. That's obviously a lot of these things are outside of, of the video creation process, but it's all very important when you package them to go to YouTube. Um, I guess there, there was another question, um, and I don't know where you want to start, um, Sam, but it um, looks like Palo has a question yeah. about um, featuring some logos on screen. Yeah, well, let's go with uh, this comment here. Uh, I'm thinking about making a li uh, live of a tournament, but I wanted to make something like the team's logo appear with a faded transition from left to, fade, uh, to right and right to left uh, with X in the middle. Um, so if I'm understanding it right, like it's just a part of the element. It's not a full screen takeover. It's not like uh, the scoreboard itself or anything like that. So um, I think what you're looking to do, and I, I might just need more information to really narrow it down to the, the best way to do it. Um, you might check out the motion plugin, uh, which will definitely let you do a hotkey to bring it on. You might, for the fade um you might just use the move plugin which those are both of those plugins kind of do similar things and kind of do different things as well uh i feel like there was a new plugin that got released recently that might do it and i um what was it there was the drop shadow one i'm not sure if the guy that made that makes something that also does a fade but i think the move plugin will actually let you animate opacity I don't know if it's going to do the left to right thing, but it would at least get you part part of the way to where you want. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd have to sit down with this <laughs> and do a little more. But yeah, look between move and motion plugin and see if that gets you there. And again, like we probably can't dig too deeply into this particular example, and this is kind of more an advanced thing. But if you, depending on how what 
if the information in this sort of sequence needs to be dynamic, then you probably will need to think about some, some special plugins. If it doesn't need to be as dynamic, you can actually have, um, you can produce a video outside of um, OBS and sort of bring that in, especially if it supports transparency or you have green screens, you can, you can do some filtering to, to adjust how that plays. Um, there are certainly options out there. Maybe if you want to leave us um, more information about that, we can revisit that somewhere down the track. Um, I just did wanted to say hello to Roy, who was joining us um, briefly as well. Tech Troublemaker, great to see you. Hope you're having a great week. Um, we are kind of reaching the end of our time. So, um, Sam, as we begin to wrap up, um, do you have any final thoughts on, I guess, sort of working with sources as a beginner? What, yeah, what do you I mean, you keep in mind. Yeah, you know, go go with the absolute necessities, and then when you get frustrated with how simple it is, then try and figure out how to make things better. <laughs> you can, uh, you can, you know, if you have questions about OBS and how to do things, join me over at Discord on samproof.tv/discord. So, Paulo, if you want to explore this uh, scenario a little further, we can try and do it there. And yeah, you know, sources like sit down with a pad of paper and a pen and like scratch, like sketch out what it is you think you want to see just for everyone, not Paulo. Um, and like, you know, then build your scene from that or, you know, get a screenshot reference of somebody else's stream and be like, I want to do that. What do I do? You know, keep it simple and then expand. Absolutely. Um, and again, like <laughs> I, I, I keep coming back to this whole pocket knife rocket ship thing, but, um, Sam can get very advanced and very nerdy, and we we love that about him. But again, I just don't want to scare off the newbies. So yes. you, my advice is really just start very very simply. Get your get camera, camera on there, get, get your microphone. Um, you know, think about maybe adding some some backgrounds or, or colors or, or, or a couple of things. Again, if you are interested in sort of OBS specific content, um, and again, I've. I, actually, I do have that. There we go. So if I click this button, um, I've actually got a Learn OBS Studio newsletter. You can find out more about that. It's over on LinkedIn, but you can go to johnlacy.com forward slash OBS news. Um, you can certainly learn more about OBS generally over there. But Sam, as we begin to wrap up, where can people find you? Watch your content and uh, do all that good stuff. Yeah, head over to samproof.tv and you can find all my social links at the top left. I will actually be streaming again tonight on my own platforms, Twitch and YouTube. Uh, so look for that in a couple of hours. And if you didn't get enough cat content today, head over to cuteavalanche.com and make sure to join us February 11th at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for the Super Bowl. The link is superbowl.com, but it will stream on all of the Cute Avalanche channels. Nice. Okay, and if you want to catch up with me, I uh, can head over to johnlacy.com. Uh, there's a whole bunch of articles about OBS and other things as well, and there are social links at the bottom of that page if you want to check that out. Uh, but thank you so much to everybody who's joined us, uh, especially those of you here live. It's always great to have um, have so much happening in the, the chat. Have a great week. We'll be back again uh, roughly at the same time next week. Just look out um, for those uh, the, the events once we post it. And again, don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you happen to be watching this. Um, it may not be obvious, but we do go out live to a whole bunch of different places. So please do that. And uh, we look forward to your company again soon. Have a great weekend, everybody.